Hello. Uh, we are going to be in Matthew 6 in your church Bibles. It is page 859. So like Adam said, uh, my name is Brady Cameron. I've had the pleasure of meeting about four of you. Uh, so it is nice to meet you. Uh, my wife, who I'm affiliated to through marriage, uh, she is a blonde woman that sings up here. Uh, and that is how you would know me. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, like Adam said, I am the sixth grade boys leader. Shout out to Max for killing the drums. Um, but yeah, would someone be uh, willing to read uh, the passage for tonight, Matthew 6, 1 through 4? Ben, would you read Matthew 6 through 1, 1 through 4? Thank you. Sweet, thanks. So whenever I read a piece of the Bible, I like to break it down like my language arts teacher would have me do it, which is the who, what, why, when, where, and how. I think I... I think I said them all. Uh, just break it down by, you know, what are the, what's the subject? What are they trying to say? Uh, so up on the screen, you'll see some of them. Uh, so for this passage, the who is me and you. The what is a warning. Uh, you can tell that by, you know, the first word is be careful. Um, and in some Bibles, it's beware. So it's a warning. The when is whenever we practice our righteousness. The where is before, whenever we are before other people or in public places. The why is because we will receive praise from others and be tempted to get sucked up into our own self-righteousness. This will inevitably cause us to forget what the real purpose of practicing righteousness is, uh, which is to bring glory to God. So that in short, uh, the why is our purpose is to bring glory to God, not to ourselves. And then the how, how do we do this? Um, it says in the last, in, in verse four, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, um, which, you know, I see that as doing these things where God is the only one that can see you. So with this warning, the be careful, the warning, um, can someone give me a real life example of what this passage is warning against? Yes. What's your name? Obi, Hobie, Hobie, go ahead, homie. Well, it's, it's like, it, say if you're giving to the poor, don't like shout to other people like, hey, look at me, I'm giving this guy a hundred dollars. Yeah. Just kind of like give it to him and walk away. What do you say? A boasting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Hobie. Yeah, uh, anything else? Any other examples? Ladies? You are not a lady, but you can answer. Um, what's your name? Sorry. My name is Eli. Eli, what's up, dude? You can go ahead. Stealing a sword from him. Yeah, dude. And he told me whenever he did the harvest, he told me that he didn't pick up the trash off the ground until he saw like at least five people around him. So then he picked up. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that, yeah, that's so natural. Was anyone? Did anyone have their hand over here, Erica? It's okay. It's okay, guys. Um, yeah, those are, I mean, those are good examples. Some of the examples I came up with was, you know, going to a fundraiser and donating money, but then telling your friends uh, or your table mates how much your money you're donating. Uh, volunteering to pray out loud for a group. Um, 
which obviously like that's a great thing to do, but sometimes it can be like a little bit easy to put in pretty words or, you know, more holy words if you're doing it out loud. Um, the best example I can give is Steph Curry. Uh, whenever Steph Curry, I don't know if you guys all know who Steph Curry is, but he is a NBA basketball player. And whenever he shoots and makes a bucket, he does this. And he runs down the court like this, which is awesome. Like, I'm not saying, Steph Curry is awesome. I love Steph Curry. But I think it can just be a little, I don't know, like how how is it glorifying? Like it might be glorifying God, yes, but would Steph Curry do that at home, like in his bathroom by himself? You know, like, yeah, like if it's not something you would do in private. (laughs) So all of these examples that we're looking at um, they all have one one thing in common. The acts of them might be very good things, uh, but what really matters is the motivation behind them. Is it wrong to give your money to the poor or needy? No. But giving money and then telling your friends about it can only bring glory to you. Is it wrong for Steph Curry to point up to God when he drains a shot? Absolutely not, because God is getting glory, and it's awesome. But would Steph Curry do the same thing and point up to the sky if no one was watching? Is it wrong to pray for your family and friends in front of them? No, uh, because God is getting the glory and receiving your prayer no matter what. But praying in front of others can sometimes lead us to make it pretty or deep or holy. And then we're towing the line of giving God glory um, versus wanting to seem smart or holy um, and using you know big words in, in front of our, our friends. So in my own life, uh, I know you guys don't know me well, but you know, in my own life, I can really apply this passage um, to my prayer life. Um, so my wife that I mentioned earlier who sings up at church, she is also an amazing cook, and she cooks just about every dinner that we have. Um, she actually texted me in between services and said, dinner's awesome. Um, and so whenever the meal is ready, whenever we're, you know, sat, sitting down to eat, I volunteer to pray. And this happens, you know, every single night because, you know, she does all the work and the most I can do is pray. Naturally, I pray about the normal things of life, uh, the more normal things of my day, the weather, my job, our house. And then most of the second, uh, second half of it is about, you guessed it, my wife, Holly. I thank God for her amazement, uh, her outstanding cooking and the meal that she's prepared for us. Then I thank God for her amazing laugh and her beauty and her personality and her work ethic and her empathy and her laugh and smarts and eyes all of it. And then amen. Uh, Now, I don't think it's wrong for me to thank God for my wife and all of her wonderfulness, but do you see what happened? I started with thanking God for my wife's love and her service to me. And because she is right there in front of me, I continue to praise her, but I didn't praise God. I didn't thank him for the wonderfulness of him. Is my prayer impacted by her being right there in front of me? Does the warm and tasty smell of the meal impact my words? Am I praying to her or to God? Let's apply this passage to my situation. I am practicing righteousness uh, by praying in front of my wife. And because she is there, I boast up my prayer with pretty words and appreciative compliments that I doubt I would have said if she were away that night. No, it's not bad to feel appreciative towards your loved ones and doing so in prayer is awesome. But at the end of the prayer, did I mention God's greatness? Did I mention how thankful I am for him? for being my Lord and my Savior and my provider? Did I praise him for the air I breathe or the body I have or the dependence I have on him? 
or did I just praise my wife and only praise God second-handedly through the praise of her? And again, I don't wanna stress this uh, more, but I don't think it's wrong for us to pray for our loved ones, uh, but doing so in a way that God is our only audience brings him closer to us, fostering intimacy and true praise into the prayer. Uh, I think this holds, holds true with the other ways that we talked about. And, you know, Jesus is teaching us to practice our righteousness, like giving money to the poor. Uh, whether it's giving to a homeless stranger on the side of the street or organization that helps those in desperate or in desperation, uh, they're, they're awesome and super good things. Doing so not only frees us from the bonds of earthly money, but opens our hearts to the compassion of Jesus Christ on his sons and daughters that are living and suffering. Giving your own money to those who need it more than you do when only God knows about it can be one of the most freeing and God-glorifying moments of your life. But if you give a couple bucks to a homeless human while you are with a group of people so that they will see you for being generous and righteous, uh, then you're in trouble. It says in the scripture uh, that you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. It also says that the hypocrites who did give publicly to bring praise to themselves have already received their reward. If you want others to see you as righteous, and so you give to the poor in front of your friends, then you will be seen as righteous. They will think that you're generous and thoughtful and full of goodness. And while that might fire the old endorphins and make you feel like you're the absolute best, that feeling will eventually fade. And then what are you left with? the desire for more fleeting praise from this fleeting world, God's reward is the only reward I want. God will not reward you because you did not seek his righteousness. You only sought your own. Like I receive a reward for praying sweetly about my wife in front of her. She feels appreciated and makes her happy. And that makes me seem like a better husband. Same as Steph Curry when he splashes a jumper and points up to heaven. People love that about him and talk about him as a godly man. And neither of those things are bad things, but they are fleeting. And here's the thing. If I pray about my wife in front of her in a sweet way, that does show that I love her. But if I am willing to pray about my wife when she is not around, how much more does that show my love for her? If Steph Curry praises God with his signature point to the sky, it shows that he loves God. But if he's willing to point to the sky and praise in the privacy of his own home with no one around, how much more does that show God that he loves God? Jesus says in verse four, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. That's the last, uh, last verse of the, the passage. So like we know as Christians that we live in this broken world, we seek affirmation from those around us, right? We want to be known as smart and funny and awesome, but we also know the praise of others is fleeting. Seeking praise from another human is the same as a painting seeking the attention and love of another painting. It doesn't make sense. A painting longs to be loved by the painter and our painter is God. As Christians, we know that the only place that our true value exists is from God and not what the crowd thinks of us or our loved ones think of us. We find value in recognizing that God is worthy of glory more than we are. We practice righteousness because we love him and we want to know him more and we want him to be known by others. So the most confusing part is, is the latter part of verse three. Um, and I wanted to save it for last just to talk a little, about, a little bit about it. So it says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. 
So how do we do this? How do we write a check or send a Venmo or give money with one of our hands without our other hand knowing about it? And why did Jesus say this if it's so confusing? Um, my buddy Daniel has uh, like explains this uh, in a really clear way. I think there's a slide for it. So my buddy Daniel says, when, when Jesus says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, in verse 3, he adds a new point. Not only should we avoid telling others about our, right, our righteous deeds, we should not even tell ourselves. We should have a blissful lack of self-consciousness because self-consciousness can decay into self-righteousness. When you learn how to play an instrument like a guitar, this is, this is the best imagery that I can possibly give. When you learn how to play an instrument like the guitar, at the beginning you are thinking where your fingers are on the neck and where your fingers are on uh, the actual strings before you play the note. But once you obtain a mastery of the instrument, you become detached from what each finger is doing. You don't care what your hand is doing. All you're doing is purely playing music. Same applies when you learn to shoot a basketball. This did not work on the eighth grade or the middle schoolers. Please, please, I want this to work. Has any of you, by a show of hands actually, has, have any of you heard of beef? Did you hear it? But you heard it before. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay, sweet, sweet. Okay, sweet. Okay, sweet. My bad. So, like, no one in the middle schoolers knew what I was talking about, so I had to rely on Ben. It was great. Uh, so, beef, you know, it's all balance, eyes, elbow, follow-through, B-E-E-F, and it teaches you how to shoot a basketball. So, in order to shoot correctly at the very beginning of learning how to shoot, you have to, like, you know, struggle through each step, and it looks really funky and awkward. But once you play basketball for a couple months and do it for a couple hundred times, you get in the groove, and you don't have to focus on each step. You just go shoot the ball. So I think this is what Jesus means about us practicing righteousness and doing great things in a way that, you know, our left hand doesn't know what our right hand is doing. Like the repetition of it, we should constantly be filling our hearts with doing these things, that it's a second nature to us, that it just comes naturally to us. Pray for your loved ones so often that it's second nature and it feels normal. Give money and time to those that need it so much, so often that it becomes a normal and recurring thing. And then praise God so much in private that it's all that fills you up whenever you're in public. Um, so I have a few takeaways before we break up into our uh, D groups, and they're going to be um, up on the screen. So the first one is we are capable of practicing righteousness. Uh, so in the first verse, it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, which you know, the big truth of that is we are capable of practicing righteousness, which I think is just a super wonderful th wonderful thing because if we can practice righteousness, then God sees us as righteous when we practice it, which is just, I don't know, that's a cool cool thing that I, that I like. Uh, number two, he is expecting us to do these righteous things, like giving to the needy, praying, fasting. Um, in verse two, it says, so whenever you give to the poor, not if you give to the poor, it says when. So he's expecting us to do these things. Number three is no matter what, practicing righteousness will bring glory to someone, either to yourself or to God. And then number four is depending on what you choose in number three, uh, we will receive praise. Um, we'll receive praise either from humans, from other people, or from ourselves, or from God. Um, and then glorifying God instead of ourselves is what we were created 
uh, we, what we are created for is the last one. So I will pray for us, and then we can uh, we can break up. Thanks for being here. Uh, dear God, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these high schoolers and the middle schoolers earlier. Uh, thank you for the worship team um, and just LCF for hosting us. Lord, I just pray that, um, yeah, that I didn't mess up too bad and that we can just go into our D groups and uh, really be impacted by you and to hear about you and to just think about you. Uh, Lord, I pray for our leaders that they'll ask good questions. Um, and yeah, Lord, that you'll just show up and work. Um, you'll, you'll just show up and work in our lives and, and our hearts and that we can go home and uh, just be prepared for this next week. Uh, it is in your name we pray. Amen.